Now, it's time to meet the players of college sports today and get this show started. He's a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback, a first round NFL draft choice, and a member of the College Football Hall of Fame as both a player and coach. He is the head ball coach, Steve Spurrier. He's a rare two-time SEC Player of the Year and spent over a decade in the NFL. Ladies and gentlemen, Shane Matthews. And presenting the host of the show with over 25 years of sports broadcasting experience, Terry Norvell. Coming to you from the College Sports Today studio, it's time for College Sports Today with Spurrier, Matthews, and Norvell. And a very happy Friday as we welcome you inside the College Sports Today show and our studio. Terry Norvell and the head ball coach, Steve Spurrier, joining us for about a half hour. Coach, glad to have you back, man. You have been busy. Yeah, Terry, I've been traveling on the Mondays, it seems like, the last couple of weeks. But, uh, yeah, I get back to Gainesville Thursday or Friday usually most of the time. But, uh, yeah, good to be back here with you. I know you got a lot going on. It is a busy, busy, busy time for you um, and most people. We're all getting back in the swing of things and getting caught up. And, gosh, you, you yep. work at the University of Florida. You've got a lot of media. You're on our show. Uh, you've got a restaurant uh, opening up any week now. Matter of fact, I'm heading over to Spurrier's Gridiron Grill. After the show, I'm showing a, a TV guy off. I know you all have had some private events kind of getting this thing started. Right. We've had a few events, and we'll continue doing that. Uh, officially being open, it's probably going to be July now. We're still trying to find people yeah, that, that hiring people. work, uh, yeah. work in a restaurant. Yeah. Uh, seems like every business is having trouble hiring people. Sure. So we, we need to hire probably, I don't know, 40 or 50 more, more people yeah. to make sure we can open up seven days a week and be ready to go. I know we've had a, an entire month over there at Spurrier's uh, hiring month, and it, it it wraps up, I guess, the month mm-hmm. tomorrow or so, but it's going to get extended. Very easy, Coach. I know I've even gotten on the website. Very easy to apply. So if you want to apply for a job at Spurrier's Gridiron Grill with Visor's Rooftop, SpurriersGridironGrill.com. You click on, you hit contact. I've done it, Coach. It goes right to which job do you want to apply for? Very, very easy. But you're having some private events, so that means we're real close. Yeah, we had the United Way of Gainesville over there last night. Approximately 80 people up in the Visor's rooftop uh, lounge. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went over and had a chance to chat with them briefly. Yeah, yeah. And uh, had a nice crowd. Everybody seemed uh, fired up and uh, ready to get this uh, restaurant open probably in the uh, first or second yeah. week of July. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah, definitely. So that's right around the corner. Um, polishing it off, final little, um, I think in construction they call it punching out, getting everything ready. Um, again, I hadn't been there in about six weeks. I'm heading over right after the show, taking a TV uh, buddy of mine over there, and we're going to meet with Freddie. Um, looking forward to it. Coach, we'll keep you around about 30 minutes here. Yep. A couple things we want to do, um, including in a few minutes we're going to bring on uh, a good buddy of mine who's been in uh, sports media forever, Brent Beard. Uh, Coach, I've picked out, you know, the NFL boys – they, uh, they've been crowing about their schedule. They were talking all week. The NFL schedule's out. But let's talk some college football schedule. I picked 10 what I think are intriguing games. We're just going to bounce around and look at some of the big games in college football as we can do that. But, Coach, before we do that, we haven't visited with you since all the Tebow, Jaguar, Jaguar, Tebow news. Talk about the overview. Tim Tebow trying to come back to the game of football, learn a new position. Everything. You've, you've followed this the last week or two. Talk about it. Remember, we talked way back, and I said, don't be surprised if 
Tim Tebow signs and plays tight end and you so did. forth. And a lot of people said, ah, that's never going to happen. And it still hasn't happened. I've never seen expected <laughs> to sign hit the news for, what, two or three yeah. weeks in a row here yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, but I think he should sign. Uh, Tim Tebow is – Bear Bryant had a statement. He said, a good coach can recognize winners. They come in all sizes, shapes, and forms. Gotcha. They don't have to have 50 years of experience or 10 years playing a position or this, that, and the other. Winners can play all the positions. And uh, when Tim Tebow was the quarterback here, uh, he was basically a running back and mm -hmm. a quarterback and uh, threw the ball beautifully uh, during the games. Uh, to me, he and Danny Warfel were a lot alike in that. In practices, someday their balls don't look all that pretty going yeah. through the air. But when the game starts, they always seem yeah. to get right there yeah. uh, where they need to be. Uh, so Tim Tebow's a winner. We all know that. And having him on the team – uh, to me, can't do anything but be advantage for the Jags. Uh, hasn't played football, hadn't, hasn't practiced in six years or so, hasn't played a game in more yeah. um, changing positions, coming I, back to I, the game. I, I bet he's worked out more than I bet all, all those guys that have been yeah. playing. Yeah. Uh, he's a workout fanatic, and you can tell by looking at him, uh, he's no stranger to the weight room, that's sure. for sure. Sure. Um, things he'll have to overcome or learn, three-point stance, I guess, to a degree, Getting off the line of scrimmage. Bit. Talk about what he's what he's going to face changing to that tight end position. I'll tell you what, nowadays, uh, I think Mike Dicka said something about it. The tight ends now are not the tight ends no. of 15, 20, 30 years ago no. where every time they came up, put their hand on the ground right next to the offensive tackle. Now they're usually off the ball mm -hmm. even if they're next to the tackle. So they're sort of hands on the knees. They're, they don't have a hand yeah. on the ground. Uh, in fact, the game has changed so much now. The offensive linemen don't even put their no. hand down there on pass Good plays. Good point. They're, they're just up ready to pass block and so forth. So uh, I, don't, I don't think it'll be as big a uh, change for what he's done in his football career as a lot of people think because I, I believe the tight end nowadays is a guy that goes in motion. Oh, he can help block linebackers and double-team defensive ends, uh, but he won't be blocking those guys head up, uh, the big defensive ends. And, you know, you go to the flat, you go across the middle and seam routes and all that, uh, but we all know he's tough. He's not going to shy away from yeah. the pass or anything sure. like that. So give him a chance. Uh, you know, some of the experts always have their opinions, yeah. but yeah. I, I believe you, you wait and give everybody an opportunity. And uh, so hopefully he'll sign sometime this week and yeah. we'll, we'll quit saying expected to sign. Yeah, yeah. Um, but from a media standpoint, Coach, we knew what was going to happen with the draft night and then the next week or so. Mm -hmm. We knew it was going to be Lawrence and we knew there was a lot of uh, media. And I think it broke that same day, the Tebow stuff. Jacksonville, the Jaguars, I mean, they have been in the news the last three weeks more than they've been in the news the – Last 26 years, I think. What a what a coverage. Yeah, I tell you what, not only did they get uh, the quarterback, uh, but they got ETN, the running back. Nice which, back, isn't uh, he? a lot of college experts thought he was the most valuable player mm -hmm. on the Clemson team. Good football player. I mean, leading rusher in school history, uh, All-American uh, tailback. So, uh, Travis ETN, look for him to be the starter yeah. Yeah. And, and do big things also. So, uh, yeah, they I think they had an excellent draft. And uh, we'll see what takes place. Well, I mean, and <laughs> it, it is rare in, in the history of the Jaguars, but I mean all the outlets. Every, I don't care from the ESPNs to the um, websites to the streaming this and the radio that, it's all Jaguar. Well, think about it, Terry. They've done nothing to get anybody no. 
thrilled and nothing. fired up about a coming season until nothing. now. Nothing. I mean, nothing really. Nothing. Uh, they did have a pretty good year. Uh, was it three or four years ago? Seventeen, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. they had that heartbreaking yeah. loss yeah. up at New England that they should have or could have won that one. But since then, uh, yeah, it's sort of been uh, sort of dull. And uh, yeah. and now hope we all got to have hope in life. Yeah. So those Jag fans have plenty of hope. Good things are going to start happening. And tickets are selling now, yeah, boy. You could, uh, uh, Coach. I know being a Jacksonville native for the last many years, you get in the heart of Jacksonville. You get stopped by a red light. If your window's down, tickets get thrown in your car. You know, <laughs> I mean, they get thrown in the car. Those tickets now are gold. I had a buddy that I think went to a game over there, and he had a bunch of extra tickets, so he put it on his windshield. And when the game was over, he came back and they doubled. They, they doubled. Yeah, I love it. That's a joke. I know. I've heard that before. Yeah. He came back. He put seven in the windshield and 14 when he came yeah. back, right? That was a joke. That maybe didn't really happen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Um, Evan, I don't know if uh, we're going to have Brent Beard on here momentarily. We'll, uh, we'll catch up with Brent here and uh, uh, let us know. But, Coach, I want to go ahead and get into We're going to keep you here probably about a half an hour. Uh, we may not get to um, SEC baseball's heating up. SEC softball is heating up. A lot going on. FSU soccer, FSU's women's soccer team, Monday night will play for the national championship. Is they are right? playing uh, Santa Clara, um, Florida, and Alabama. Look like they're going to collide in SEC softball at their conference tournament. Um, the Gators and the Bulldogs, big series tonight. Bunch of big college baseball series all over the SEC. Um, we'll get to that probably in the second half of the show. But, Coach, I want to get um, some games. And, we're, and if, if Brent Beard catches up with us, we want to bring him on as well. Um, I've listed here, and, Coach, you can see it over here a little bit closer. Yeah. I've listed in honor the NFL schedule came out. Well, let's, uh, let's talk some college ball here. I've picked what I think is just my opinion. You can add games, take away. Terry's top ten intriguing college football games coming up. Okay. And I've gone straight down, in my opinion. Add, subtract. Number one, I think the most intriguing game, and um, mm-hmm. I'm going to lead off. Alabama, third week of the season, roughly, Alabama in Gainesville taking on Florida. And do we have Brent? Let's see if we got Brent. Let's, Coach, let's get our headset on. Brent Beard's going to walk us through this as well. Um, hey, Brent, can you hear us okay? Okay, one second. We'll get Brent on and make sure Coach can hear. Brent, uh, how you doing, bud? Well, I'm doing good. Uh, good to be with you and Coach. I'm, I'm doing Oh, we just lost him. Yeah, we just lost we, you, Brent. We just lost him. Evan, is that on our end? or? Go ahead, Brent. You should be back on. Okay. There we go. Yeah, I'm Okay, is that good? <laughs> uh, you, you sound and look great. Brent Beard, a longtime college sports analyst all over the South. You hear and read and see Brent on if it's a if it's an outlet in the South talking college ball, this guy has been on it. Of course, you know this guy uh, to my left, Brent, Coach Steve Spurrier. Uh, Brent, I sent you the list of games. Coach and I can see it here <clears throat> as well. Um, I just kind of wanted to get into the college football schedule, and, and I picked out Ooh. ten games that intrigue me, and I want to walk it down. Coach, I've got Bama at Florida. The most intriguing game. I'll give you a couple thoughts. I want to hear from you too. Uh, number one, I think anybody that's not an Alabama fan, college football needs Florida to beat Alabama for the good of college football. One, number two, the rare times that Alabama loses football games in the regular season, they normally lose in November. They'll lose to an LSU here in November, an Auburn there. So they only got to finish off three or four more games to keep the season going. I think it's intriguing if A, Florida knocked Alabama off. And B, Alabama then would have to win about nine or ten in a row, not two or three. Coach, what do you think, Alabama-Florida? I think we're catching them at the right time. Uh, 
they had what six first round picks this year. Yes, and had about five or six in the second and third yeah. rounds or whatever. Yeah. I'm not sure, uh, but obviously they lost a lot of guys. Yeah, and uh, they got good players coming though. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's early in the year. Is it the third game or it's September 18th? September 18th, third game. Third game. Okay, so we're getting them pretty early, and uh, I think we'll be ready to go. Uh, history, Alabama doesn't come to Florida much. You know that yeah, just no, once no. every 10 or 12 years, yeah. it seems like. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the, the, the swamp will be packed for that one. Absolutely. And, and it's, I think, a wonderful opportunity for us to upset them. Because uh, when you beat Alabama, they're, they're always favorite. I don't know the last time they were an underdog. Brent Mike could tell us. Brent Mike could tell us. were they an underdog last? Uh, if I'm having to think real hard about that, coach, I probably told you it's been a long time. A long time. Uh, at this point, but but look, to dovetail with what Coach said a little bit, um, number one, you've got a new quarterback, Bryce Young, uh, because Mac Jones is is going to the NFL. Now their defense is supposed to be the best defense I've had since 2016. Yeah. So uh, and that was a good group uh, at that point. Uh, but uh, look, this has CBS Game of the Week written all over it, does it not? Yeah, and that, that is. Would be a, that'd be a tad hot at three thirty in the afternoon. I think I it's set. It, yeah, Brent, I think it's so already it's, set for three thirty. Yeah, I think that's already on on paper at three thirty. I'm. Uh, I was hoping for a night for a night game with that one, but yeah, uh, yeah. look, the, the coach knows the atmosphere for that game is going to frankly be uh, unbelievable. Look, I think yeah, I'll give you an, an, a matchup real quick. I think Florida's running back room is as deep as I've seen it in a long time. That's going to be a really good matchup between the, the Florida running backs yeah. and the Alabama linebackers, especially with uh, Terry, you know, Henry Toa Toa is at Bama now uh, from, from Tennessee. That could be very interesting early on. All right, it's going to be a heck of a game. That's why I've got that the most intriguing. Brent, we're going to ask you if you can uh, – my producer wants you to swap your phone kind of sideways if you can okay. and turn it, uh, and it'll, it'll catch back up real quick, and that way it'll fix your – hold on, hold on. It'll. I think it'll – That's Yeah. Is it not going to switch, switch him? Okay, we got to go back. Evan says go back. <laughs> we're trying to do some producing. On the run there, we were covering the microphone a little yeah. bit. Um, so Alabama, again, I think it's intriguing. Alabama hasn't had an early season loss where they have no margin for error in a long time. If they were to drop that game in September, Bama's got to they got they can't stumble against LSU or Ole Miss or A and M or Auburn. Game number two, Coach Georgia Clemson. I've got that intriguing game number two. Mainly for me, the loser. That's the opening game of the year, right? That's Labor Day weekend. The loser, be it Georgia or Clemson, nobody's ever made that college football playoff with two losses. That is a long way to go if you lose that opener, if you still want to make that college football playoff. Uh, yeah, I think you got to admire uh, Georgia and Clemson, uh, Kirby yeah. and Dabo yeah. for playing each other. They don't have to do that. No, good point. Uh, some coaches would duck games like that in preseason and so forth, but uh, I think it's really, really good they're doing it, and that's why I think if – Either one of them had two losses but still won their conference yeah. championship. Uh, they should yeah. get into that big playoff. Yeah. Uh, conference champions uh, should get in regardless, but we don't do it quite like that yet, yeah. but yeah. hopefully someday. Brent, risky for the loser, but as Coach says, example, if Georgia lost but ran the table, Georgia doesn't play Alabama. Let's say they meet in Atlanta. They could, they could both get in. 
they could both get in. But risky for the loser because you got to win a lot of games. Uh, the, the the thing for the loser is going to be the, the college football playoff committee is going to give the loser a lot of credit because they played that game to begin with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so that's going to help. Now, to me, Georgia really needs to win this game, and this is why, uh, because, uh, as Terry said, that will be 0-1, and then you get into the conference, you know you've got Auburn, you, you know you've got Florida. Yeah. And, and see, the other issue is Georgia is not – uh, it's not possible, guys, that they could get upset, say, a South Carolina that did it a couple of years ago, you yeah. remember, uh, in, in that mm-hmm. game. And, and the reason, too, is if Clemson loses that game, look, let's be honest, and we cover the ACC pretty closely, too, and I think the ACC will be improved. Uh, Clemson has a, has a much less chance of losing a game. Yeah. If another game after that because of the conference they play you. The other thing about losing, guys, uh, an early game, let's say Georgia loses to Clemson. Georgia, A, has to win a bunch of games in a row, and, B, they need Clemson to be good. You don't need to lose that game and then have Clemson lose three or four games or vice versa. You need the team that beats you to stay good, right? So you're you're beholden to them a little bit. Oregon – at Ohio State, I think uh, this is an intriguing game to me. I put it on the list, Coach. For the Pac-12, keep in mind, the two best teams in the Pac-12, USC and Oregon, yeah. they don't play in the regular season. So the Pac-12 just doesn't have many marquee games. Coach, early in the year, the Pac-12 I put there because I think mm-hmm. the Pac-12 needs Oregon to go into Columbus and knock off Ohio State. Yeah, that'll be hard for them to do it, will. it uh, in Columbus. Uh, it will. They'd been better off at one of those neutral site games. Sure. Uh, but that's a huge game. You know, both well, that teams. was a home-and-home home coach, and last year yeah. it was supposed to be played out yeah. there and got canceled. Yeah, both teams possibly yeah. in the top five Absolutely. in the country yeah, going in. So, yeah, that'll be uh, a very interesting one. Uh, but the final uh, analysis, though, any team with two losses hasn't made the playoffs yeah. yet. I know. So yeah. that's why – those games are extremely important for the winner, anyway. Yeah. I think what's also important is that Ohio State will have a new quarterback. Justin yeah. Fields is oh, not yeah. going to be there anymore. So they're catching him at a so decent time. Oh, yeah. And absolutely. And I'm curious if Coach knows Mario Cristobal. But, boy, he's done a good job at Oregon, hasn't he? Just a tremendous recruiter. And, and look, they may be their hope to get in the playoffs this year. Yeah, Cristobal, yeah, he's done a nice job out there, leaving yeah. the East Coast, going way out to the West Coast. But, boy, he's brought in talent. They've got a lot of talented players on that roster. And, again, before we skip over this game, a little bit of a tough break. This was a home-and-home home that last year Ohio State was supposed to be um, at Outson Stadium. But they played the season, but that, that cross-country game got canceled. So, Oregon, I, I guess they're going to make it up down the road, but Oregon's got to go to Columbus <laughs> without the uh, – uh, already played them over in um, the we- on the West Coast. Florida, Georgia, guys, I've got um, as the fourth most intriguing game for me. I just kind of went through all the schedules. And the intrigue to me, guys, and Coach, I'll lead off with you, let's assume Georgia loses, okay? I think most people would agree we're in – Georgia Bulldog golden era number two. The golden era of Georgia football was when they found a guy named Herschel Walker. The three Herschel years plus one, they were really – that was a golden era of Georgia football. I think we're in golden era number two. But, Coach, if Georgia was to lose to Florida this year, Kirby Smart 
would be three and three against Florida in a Florida rebuild three years ago, and Kirby's in his golden. I think there's real intrigue if Kirby was to lose to Florida and drop to three and three. Be tough. That Georgia fan base wouldn't be real happy about that. Well, that's better than zero and six. I guess it is. Yeah, but they expect they they expect they should <laughs> when be When I was here, they had a coach that went zero and six against us. So, coach, uh, be nice anyway. now. But they got rid of him after that. You're right. Uh, Be nice, but it's, I, I think it's important that either Kirby or Jimbo Fisher beats uh, Saban. Yeah, uh, I agree. He's still undefeated against all One of those his, assistants. Uh, guys out yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, somebody's got to beat him soon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, will it be this year or not? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brent, uh, the angle I just threw at you, uh, I know Bulldog fan thinks this is their second best era of Bulldog football, but if they looked up, a week or two after Halloween, and Florida had beaten Kirby and made his record 3-3, three and three, and they go, wait a minute, Florida had to rebuild out of McIlwain. Why is Kirby only 3-3? Three and three? Your thoughts on that? Well, look, a lot of uh, non-Kirby fans would tell you that his record's not much better if it is better than Mark Rick. Yeah. But the reality of it is uh, they're the, they, they were at a different level of football, I think, at this point because they recruited so well. Yeah. Uh, look, they've been in the national championship game. They've won an SEC title. That makes a difference. But this is going to be an intriguing game here. I think by certainly by that time, either Emory Jones or Richardson will be probably solidified at quarterback. Yeah. And look, I think the unit that no one's talking about, but we all know Georgia's defense is going to be pretty good. I think Florida's defense is going to be better, frankly. Uh, I think got, Florida's going to have a hell of a defense, Coach. Yeah, took up that coaching staff a little bit, uh, and I, I think I think Florida is vastly underrated defensively right now. Yeah, and, and Brent makes a good point. This one we're looking at way ahead of time. There will be a lot of football already played by the time they get together, so we will have seen both of these programs. Coach, I'm intrigued by game number five, Oklahoma, Texas. Sarkeesian playing with house money, year number one. Everybody feels good. Lincoln Riley, I, I've, I've really enjoyed what I've seen. He's turned the Oklahoma program around. They're big and strong now. They've gotten good on defense. they got big, tough-looking guys. Two, three years ago, Oklahoma was paper mache on defense. He's turned that program around. He brought in Alex Grinch. That game intrigues me. Texas playing with house money a little bit. Oklahoma needs to win that ballgame. Uh, Texas has still got ball players. Yes, they do. And uh, Sarkeesian, it, it doesn't take him four or five years no. when you come to school. It's already got the athletes. They've won their bowl game. Yeah. So I, I think they're going to be pretty good this year. Now, can they beat Oklahoma? Uh, Oklahoma has benefited of the portal. The portal, has big defensive good. lineman. Uh, Lincoln Rowling say, hey, yeah. we need you guys, and we can win it all. We can already yes. win the big eight yeah. and just yeah. offense. Yeah. And when he adds defense, which I think he's added a bunch of stud he, players he on defense, uh, they got a chance to win it all. He has. Um, yeah. Brent, I think you would agree, intriguing game. Uh, not as deathly important for Sarkeesian. It'll be his first go-around in that in that rivalry. But, boy, Oklahoma, they've been pointing to this year. They've He's rebuilt that roster. They look like those big, strong Alabama-Ohio State teams now. Well, the thing that may get them over the edge is, as you mentioned, Alex Grinch has really done a great job as their D coordinator. Uh, and and they've, got, they've got real defensive athletes on that team now that, that's going to make a difference. Spencer Rattler is a good quarterback. But look, his backup may be better than he is. So, uh, but, but you know, they can develop a passer. Certainly nothing that, that will escape uh, that coaching staff at this point. 
Uh, I agree, Sorrent will be successful at Texas, particularly if he can if he can kind of keep some of the big some of the big money boosters at bay. Let's be yeah. honest, that's been a problem at Texas. It has with been. that. But Terry, I will throw another game out there and if you got this, but I'm telling you that Iowa State and Oklahoma, Oklahoma. game that may be a bigger game for that conference in Texas, Oklahoma. Yeah, Iowa State, Oklahoma has been a really good game the last five or six years, yeah, and uh, Iowa State they they beat Oklahoma. They don't back down from those guys. They've been uh, they've been beating them. Yeah. Um, Coach made a great point too, though, about Oklahoma, man, and that portal. I think the best, and don't laugh at me when I say this. I think the best four or five Tennessee Vol football players last year are wearing Oklahoma uniforms. Yeah. He's got four or five. Tennessee only had a handful of good players. They're all at Oklahoma, ready to play. He got the big lineman, a couple of backs. He got a lot of them. Yeah, Tennessee, they had an exodus up there. They did. They? And, uh, they lost yeah, them. Hopefully they can come back and be competitive this year. But, uh, yeah, Oklahoma is, is poised to maybe make a real serious, serious. run to serious win run. it all this serious, year. Serious, yeah. serious run. But, Brent, you do make a good point. Iowa State is a tough out. And uh, that coach has done a nice job. That They fear nobody. They bring all their players back, too, from a pretty good team. I don't know how much everybody has watched Cincinnati. Luke Fickle's a big-time coach that I think is destined to coach in the Big Ten. Uh, Cincinnati's got a crack now to make some noise. They play Indiana and Notre Dame. They got both guys that they normally don't play. Cincinnati is at Notre Dame. This game intrigues the hell out of me because the last thing Kelly needs is to lose to a Cincinnati team. People will say, you just lost to a junior Big Ten team. I'm not so sure that Luke Fickle, if Notre Dame doesn't have a big year coach, I'm not so sure Luke Fickle at Cincinnati might not be auditioning for that Notre Dame job. And you heard it here first. Cincinnati can play ball. Cincinnati was very good. They they lost that heartbreaker to Georgia, Georgia. on that last second field goal. But uh, yeah, I was very impressed. They're tough. Uh, and now they lost their D coordinator. Didn't he go to Notre Dame? Yes, D coordinator. He went uh, Freeman, Marcus Freeman. Yeah. They did lose him. So time will tell if that really hurts them. But I really liked what Cincinnati did on defense against Georgia. They played the skies. They, they don't play bump and run no. and do stupid things like a lot yeah. of defenses yeah. do. They were off. Guys see the ball and so forth. So really impressed with the defense uh, I agree. that they played last year. Totally agree, Coach. They they hit you. Mm-hmm. And they pull, they bring you down to the ground and they hit you. I Brent, well. um, Cincinnati, one of the great coaching jobs. Luke Fickle is going to be a – he's already a wanted man. He's going to be a head coach in the Big Ten soon. He's supposed to be a head coach in the Big Ten. He may be auditioning for that Notre Dame job if things go south for the Irish this year. Yeah, yeah, well, he could. And, look, uh, think about this a minute, guys. If we had an expanded playoff right now, Cincinnati but very well may be number eight. Yeah. Uh, but because that's probably where your your non-power five would be in. Yes, he's done an incredible job. And, it, and as Coach said, they played Georgia wire to wire last year and had to get a fifty-plus yard field goal in order to win the game. Win that the game, would yeah. been a, that would been a really tough loss for Georgia. Let's zip through a couple more games before we, uh, we wrap up uh, the first half of a uh, uh, or this edition of College Sports Day. Alabama, we've already talked about Alabama. One intriguing game against Florida. They're at Texas A&M. Um, Jimbo, new quarterback. Alabama, new quarterback. If not now, when? And you mentioned it not long ago. Somebody on that Saban tree has got to beat him at some point. 
Yes, supposedly uh, Jimbo at some event uh, said he's ready to beat Saban in Alabama, and uh, time will tell. But uh, <laughs> so far, no uh, former coach no. of his has beaten him. Uh, so, yeah, A&M's a good team. Uh, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. And, and A&M's got him at home. Uh, Coach, before we hear, have Brent put a, a, a little bit on that game, did you hear when Saban heard the comment what his retort was? He says, in what, golf? Yeah. I didn't know Jimbo was a golfer. I, didn't I, don't, I don't think he plays golf. <laughs> now, he would be at some of these events uh, we all go to nowadays or yeah, used to go used to. to yeah. uh, but I don't, I don't know if he's a golfer. Yeah. Uh, Brent, uh, quickly, Alabama will travel later in the year at a and um, if you got to catch Alabama any year, you may as well catch them without um, a, a, a Heisman favorite at quarterback. Now, Bryce Young may be by the time they play, but if not now, when for, for Jimbo in College Station? You know, and A&M's got their biggest games at College Station this year. We think King may be the quarterback. We're not sure they've done a pretty good battle there, but Jimbo will find a quarterback. I, I tell you guys, just as they have Spiller running back, He's a man, is he not? He's a tough running uh, back. And they're going to be able to, look at to run the ball. Widenmeyer uh, is uh, a really good tight end. Uh, but, but this is what can make them special. Uh, and we talked about this a minute ago with Oklahoma. Mike Elko stayed as the coordinator. Uh, and we thought he might be going to Kansas. Yes. But they have got their best defensive line that they've had in a long time. This is a legitimate SEC defensive line. That's going to make a huge difference for them this year. And, and, and look, as one of the AM beat writers uh, heard him say the other day, they, they've got this thing circled on the calendar not once, but about 10 times. 10 that, times. That's how important <laughs> this game is today. And, you know, what would be an interesting point is can can you almost overemphasize a game? I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure coach would have an interesting take on that. Yeah, maybe overemphasize, if, if, especially if you don't get it. If you don't get it, where do you go if you uh, lose it? Zipping through, I've got Game 8. Let me tell you why Game 8 intrigues the hell out of me. It's LSU opening the season at UCLA. Nobody noticed, I don't think, UCLA improved dramatically the second half of last year. Uh, Brian Kelly uh, or, or Chip Kelly starting to get some players at UCLA. They were a better football team at the end of the season than a lot of people. LSU, they open up in Los Angeles. That's a long trip. All the stuff, Coach, going around LSU athletics, LSU basketball, LSU football, it's a messy time in and around LSU athletics. Even LSU baseball, some people are getting a little um, antsy with the coach in baseball. Coach, LSU, the last thing they need is to open that season, go about 2,500 miles, and get their ass beat at UCLA. That game intrigues me to open the season for the Bengal Tigers. Yeah, UCLA – they can score. Now, yeah. whether or not they can play defense, uh, they haven't done yeah. it in, in a while. many a year. Uh, but yeah, they, they could upset LSU, but uh, I would go with the bigger, yeah. stronger yeah. team, which definitely seems to be LSU. Last thing Coach O needs is to travel his football team to show off the first game of the year and get his ass beat out there with all those. It's a messy time in Baton Rouge right now, real messy. Brent, quickly. Uh, well, in a, as Coach, what Coach said is right. LSU's got the better line of scrimmage yeah. by four. They're not, everybody came out on that defensive line. We think either Miles Brennan or Max Jones can be the quarterback. Uh, and they'll be fine. But you're right. I do hope UCLA makes as much progress this year as they did last year. 
Uh, USC at Notre Dame intrigues me a lot like Game 3, Oregon at Ohio State. Pac-12, they just don't have marquee games, Coach. And, again, USC is not scheduled to play Oregon. That would be their marquee game. They don't play in the regular season. They may play in the championship game. So, again, game number nine, the Pac-12 really needs USC to be good and go beat Notre Dame. It would be helpful for the Pac-12 to beat some good teams. Sure. Uh, so we'll, we'll see if they can do it. Yeah. Uh, Brent, again, Pac-12, not many marquee games. So when they get one, they got to go get one, right? Well, look, if Oregon beats Ohio State uh, and, and you've got USC winning this game, Ooh. now, again, Ian Book is gone at Notre Dame, and that and basically that entire offensive line is in the NFL right now. Sure it is. So Notre Dame. Notre Dame can take a little bit of a step back this year. I think uh, we'll wrap it up and uh, and uh, thank Brent for this. Brent, I want to get your take on this as well. But uh, game 12 uh, or game 10 that intrigues me, Texas, new coach at Arkansas. I think this is a neutral site game maybe. But Texas, Arkansas, Pittman in his second year at Arkansas, somebody's going to get an early kind of really good win on their resume. I, I like where both programs are going. I like what Pittman's doing out at Arkansas. Oh, yeah, he made Arkansas competitive. And uh... – I don't know how they recruited. I don't know how many seniors they had on that team last year, but they'll they, they'll play hard and uh, they'll give Texas a good game. Yeah. Uh, right now, I would think Texas might have a little more talent, uh, but we'll see. It'll be a good yeah. game to watch. Yeah. So, uh, Brent, I've got that down there at number ten. It intrigues me. If Pittman was to get that yeah. win, I think he's got a, a signature win a year and a half into his tenure, and Arkansas, they feel good about where their program's at. I like that K.J. Jefferson, the big kid that played some. Um, If he wins that job, he's a big, strong quarterback. That game intrigues me from both perspectives. Talk about that, and we'll wrap it up. Yeah, I agree. And obviously, Felipe Franks is in the NFL now, so he's not at Arkansas anymore. But look, Pittman did as good a job last year in his first year, frankly, as anybody did uh, in the league. So, and Terry, I love this topic. Let me throw two more out that, okay. that we don't have room to talk about, but I'm just throw it out real quick. A&M goes to Colorado. So, Colorado last year really made some improvement, mm-hmm. and that's going to be an interesting game. And here's another game that could be interesting down the road, too, is that both these teams kind of rebuild. Auburn goes to Penn State. That is a that is a wonderful non-conference game yeah, for yeah. Auburn. So uh, it, listen, uh, it's a it's a great topic. I love schedules like you guys do. And guys, uh, we didn't get to it, but I had page two honorable mentions. I'll go through them real quick. Mm-hmm. This didn't make my ten, but honorable mention: Notre Dame, FSU. I just want to see what FSU yeah. is going to look like. Miami, Alabama. Yeah. Can Miami not get embarrassed? Washington, Michigan. I think Liberty at Ole Miss will be an offensive blast to watch, Coach, with, with Hugh Freeze. Yeah, I didn't know that game was on the books, but that will certainly be worth watching. That is yeah, an honorable mention. Auburn, there's that Auburn-Penn State he brought up, and there's Cincinnati, I told you. The Bearcats, they don't get um, big boy schools that often. They've got Fickle and Cincinnati. They've got Notre Dame and Indiana, and Indiana's a good football team now. So Cincinnati really can help their program's cause. Go get a couple wins. But, uh, uh, Brent, thank you so much. We'll let you go. Um, I just wanted to counter the NFL boys. They're bragging about their schedule. The college boys got some schedules out there as well. Brent, thanks, buddy. Hey, listen, it's my pleasure, too. And, guys, on that old Miss game, Hugh Freeze going back to the Grove. 
How much fun will that be in Oxford? Oh, my goodness. And 100 points scored probably between the two teams easily. going to be a lot of fun. Brent, thank you, buddy. We appreciate right, it. We can take our headsets off now, Coach, as we uh, wrap up this segment. We can go ahead and take our headsets off. Um, okay. as, as we let yeah. Brent go. Um, a lot of good games. Go ahead, Coach. Yeah, yeah. one thing I want to bring up uh, just recently, uh, the women's uh, NCAA yeah. golf event. Yeah, what happened? Scheduled, Talk about that. It was scheduled, I think, a golf course in Baton Rouge. Uh, I think it was the regional. I think they had 12 teams there ready to compete for, I don't know, two spots. or I'm not sure exactly. Yeah. But what they decided to do, because they'd had a lot of rain, as one of the tournament directors said, the top six seed teams are going to play. The course is wet, but it's playable. Okay. And you bottom six teams, seven through 12, y'all are free to go home. <laughs> and, uh, Can't do that. The, the ladies started yelling and screaming, and I would too. Uh, just because you're a top six seed doesn't mean that day you're going to play better than the, the seeds that are behind you. So what so, happened? Well, I don't know. I think they it was held up that only the six seeded teams, one through six, are going to play, and the other teams had to go home. But uh, that was a dumb decision, I think, whoever did it. If you have to shorten uh, a golf match from 18 holes to 12 or 9 or something like uh -huh. that, but you got to let everybody compete. Uh, you know, six or seven seeds. Somebody flipped the coin, all right, you're six, you're seven. You know, let, let the – outcome be decided on the golf course on the oh my. field of action and uh oh i don't know ncaa can do some dumb things <laughs> but that might have been the worst right there that was the worst. i'm, was I'm the driving in and i heard shane by the way shane yeah. matthews is at a golf event today he had pre-scheduled yeah. and uh he, he couldn't be here but i listened to his show and i caught halfway through that story and he was shane was fit to be tied what happened when the girls at the golf course oh yeah they were they were yelling and screaming and Ooh. rightfully so uh, and they may have changed their mind by now because that was that was really a bad uh, a, a bad decision by the NCAA. That is very interesting and and sad, sad. Yeah. Them girls, you can't just say, okay, here, go home. Y'all get to play. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Amazing. Uh, Coach, thank you yeah. for your time here. Um, I think we'll see you again on mm -hmm. Monday. I know you're, you've mm -hmm. been uh, so yeah. busy with. Oh, you got a lot going on, including the restaurant. I'm heading over today right after the mm -hmm. show to Spurrier's. Gridiron Grill. Can't wait to see. I've, I haven't seen it in six weeks, and I'm taking a, a TV guy over there. So um, I'm glad to have you settled. Uh, you're uh, traveling. Can, it's fun, but it can beat you up. I'm glad you're back. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, flying up to Atlanta, actually Sunday. Monday they got a little golf event for the College Hall of Fame. A bunch of uh, guys that are in it, players and coaches are playing Ooh. with some other people at the Peachtree Country Club. Famous old Real nice. golf course there in Atlanta. Uh, Sam Snead, Bobby Jones, all them guys played there. So uh, looking forward to, to that event Monday. How you swinging it? Oh, so-so. Just so-so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that game can do that to you. But got to keep playing. It's, uh, <laughs> it's about the last game you can compete in, yeah. and you should be able to compete in, in, that, in golf the rest of your life. Uh, so uh, I get to play a little bit more forward tees now, so that's helpful, of course. There you go. Coach, thanks for your time. Um, have a good, good weekend. We'll get back together soon. All right. That okay, is Coach Terry. Steve Spurrier. Break time, come back. A lot to cover. SEC baseball, SEC softball, that and a whole lot more. The second half of college sports today, right after this quick mm -hmm. timeout.
Let me take a moment to thank some of the wonderful sponsors that make college sports today with the head ball coach, Steve Spurrier, Shane Matthews, and Terry Norvell possible. The official seafood restaurants of the show are Cider's Oyster Bar in Neptune Beach and their sister restaurants, Safe Harbor Seafood Restaurant of Mayport and the new Safe Harbor Seafood Restaurant location in Crescent Beach. The next time you crave the best seafood, the freshest seafood on the Northeast Florida coast, make sure you visit Safe Harbor Seafood Restaurant in Mayport, Cider's Oyster Bar in Neptune Beach, and Safe Harbor Seafood Restaurant in Crescent Beach, the official seafood restaurant of college sports today. All-American Roll-Off and Recycling, serving your construction job and demolition project needs among their many other services. All-American Roll-Off and Recycling is ready to work with you on your next project anywhere throughout the Northeast Florida and surrounding areas. Visit their website, all-americanrolloff.com, or call them at 904-503-1410. Campus USA Credit Union. Find out what over 100,000 members already know. Visit a Campus USA Credit Union today and find out how they can work for you financially. If you would like to advertise your business right here on College Sports Today with Coach Spurrier, Shane Matthews, and me, Terry Norvell, then simply drop me an email at tnsportsjacks at yahoo.com and I'll be sure to make that happen. Thanks again to our great show sponsors. Now let's get back to more College Sports Today. Back we are here, Friday edition of College Sports Today. Thanks again to Coach Steve Spurrier. He's uh, uh, off and uh, doing Steve Spurrier's stuff. We had him for about 30 minutes. The guy is busy, busy, busy. A lot going on. We appreciate it. Uh, Coach, he should be in on Monday as well. Shane Matthews will be back in uh, studio on Monday. Shane had a uh, scheduled golf tournament. I think it might have been Bull Gator Golf Tournament that was already scheduled. So Shane is on the golf course. Surprise. But uh, I think the whole team will be back here on Monday. Coach Spurrier, Shane Matthews, and me, Terry Norvell. If you're new to the show, we do it every Monday, every Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can catch it on a lot of different platforms live. On the 1010XL Facebook uh, Live page, you can catch it on our show Facebook page. Make sure you're following um, that. You can catch it on YouTube. Some people, you know, just don't have Facebook. Some people just don't do the Facebook thing. Um, we have our own um, YouTube channel. So please, um, if you have not subscribed, get to YouTube and bang in College Sports Today and get all subscribed. Um, and then there's times when uh, Facebook is down at times, so you can have an, uh, a secondary way to follow the show. So a lot going on. Again, thanks to Coach Spurrier. If you missed it, we had a lot of fun going over uh, 10 of the big intriguing college football games. Um, if you missed it or want to get that out, all shows are archived on the Facebook, uh, our show page, uh, our Facebook Live College Sports Today page. So they're always archived, and you can get to them or send them out. Please feel free to spread the word here on College Sports Today. Again, for new people um, tuning in, we uh, College Sports Today is year-round. This is not just seasonal. We do it year-round. It's four years old, and, and, and we have been rocking and rolling and are growing. 
um, every day. I want to talk a lot of SEC baseball as we wrap up the second half of today's show, but a lot of stuff just kind of want to get out there, news and notes from the world of college um, athletics. If you haven't heard, uh, yesterday a press release came out. The Pac-12 has named a new commissioner. Um, I hope I don't mess his name up. He came from the world of MGM. Um, he's a, got a real streaming background. Uh, George Klevakov, Klevakov, I think is his, the pronunciation, new Pac-12 commissioner. He makes a lot of statements yesterday, including he referenced expanding the Pac-12. Expand not the playoff. We'll talk about that in a moment, but expanding the Pac-12. Now, if you followed any of my uh, radio and TV over the last several years, I've been telling anybody who wants to listen. In college athletics, there is one more, at least in our lifetime, one more what I call Big Bang coming up. When I say Big Bang, there's going to be one more big expansion of conferences, realignment of conferences. I loved hearing the new Pac-12 commissioner talking about the Pac-12 expanding. Because just one of the Power Five is not going to expand. They're all going to expand. One more Big Bang Theory is going to come through college athletics, and I think it will be really good. We're then going to get close to what should happen. We're going to have the big 65, 68, maybe 70 schools in a power conference uh, grouping. Maybe four, maybe five. Um, 14 teams, 16 teams, but that's a good thing the next Big Bang that is right around the corner, especially when Pac-12 commissioner, uh, the new Pac-12 commissioner is saying that. We talked a little bit about LSU and all the stuff that's going on. Looking around, and we're going to talk LSU baseball here uh, quickly maybe in this SEC segment. Do you realize, and I don't know if this has ever happened, somebody may know and can send me a Facebook Live comment. I don't think Will Wade makes it to another basketball season. I know you say, well, Terry, he's Teflon, the basketball coach at LSU, all the FBI investigation. It's all still ongoing in the LSU world, okay? They're still looking into that. I don't think Will Wade will – I think it will finally wrap up and he will lose his job. I don't know if Ed Orgeron keeps his job. I'm not sure LSU will do something before the season. But Ed Orgeron, with all the Title IX stuff going on at LSU, I think it's very likely that they clean house at LSU on the football side. I think it's very likely that the FBI investigation forces LSU to finally clean house basketball. And there are a lot of people thinking that Paul Maneri, the baseball coach at LSU, has gotten stale. With all that said, it wouldn't surprise me if LSU, and this may be unprecedented, I can't think of this anywhere in the past, LSU may be replacing their football, basketball, and baseball coach (laughs) in a year. Um, Just keep an eye on that. I'm not firing people, and I don't want to, I hate being that guy, but it could happen. Quickly, we got it on earlier with Coach Spurrier. I want to throw this out. Big stuff going on in women's college athletics. Florida State, Monday night, their soccer team will play for the national championship against Santa Clara. They've won it twice, so Florida State uh, women are trying to win another soccer national championship. They got by Virginia in the semifinal in soccer yesterday, and North Carolina, one of the perennial powers, was upset by Santa Clara. So Monday night, FSU versus Santa Clara for the national championship in soccer. Again, FSU, a real power going for their third national championship in SEC softball real quick before we get to the baseball that's coming up this weekend the SEC softball tournament has started Um, Arkansas the co-regular season champion with Florida was upset so Arkansas is out 
it looks like, unless there's a couple more upsets, the two big bad boys in the women's softball side, I guess that didn't make a whole lot of sense, big bad boys in the women's softball side, it looks like Florida and Alabama are on pace for another collision course, and they have been the powers, and they have traded the regular season title over the years recently. They have traded the uh, conference tournament title and they've certainly both won their share of national championships. So Alabama and Florida may be set for yet another big battle for the SEC softball tournament championship, and that is ongoing right now. Now, with that, Evan, if we can, let's take a look at what's going on in the SEC baseball world. Uh, we've updated it. We had one game last night. Mississippi State defeated Missouri. Uh, so Mississippi State is now 17-8. and eight. These are kind of who's uh, the, the teams at the top of each division. Right now in the East, Tennessee leads. They are really basically a half game up on Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt had a game rained out, and it is now canceled. So that might bite Vanderbilt. But you look, you see Tennessee and Vanderbilt leading the East with seven conference losses. Florida two games back. Um, with a chance, though. The schedule might help Florida. So we'll take a look at that and then go down a little bit. The West, right now, Arkansas leads the West with seven losses. Mississippi State, one loss behind with eight in the loss column. And then you see these series coming up um, uh, that started last night and tonight. The series of note, Georgia is at Florida. The Gators really need a sweep. They've got to win the series but a sweep would really put some pressure on. Vanderbilt trying to catch Tennessee and fight off Florida. Vanderbilt is at a very good Ole Miss team for three games. Arkansas and Tennessee play each other in Knoxville, three-game set. So that's the leader in the East and the leader in the West. So something's going to go down. Somebody's going to win two and lose two at minimum there. Uh, there could be a sweep. And then Missouri, Mississippi State. So you can see there's a lot going on with baseball uh, as there is this weekend and one more final regular season weekend. Incidentally, Florida wraps up. They've got Georgia in Gainesville tonight, Saturday, and Sunday. But then Florida's got a tough, tough trip at Arkansas, the number one team in the nation. And Arkansas has been ranked number one for a good portion of the year. So Florida's got a tough road to hoe, particularly next weekend. But you need to stay within striking distance. So a lot of stuff going on in SEC uh, baseball. Um, we'll come back on uh, camera here. Last topic here, and, and we'll get out. If you've ever followed old Terry Norvell on, um, <clears throat> if you've ever followed me on radio or TV, you know um, I have consistently for now 30 professional years shaken my head at the powers that be that have administered and run college football. And the thing that gets me the most about this group of men and some women, and it, it cycles through, is I've heard these people say, basically, that administering college football is the most difficult job ever in the history of the world. They seem to say that constantly, okay? Um, <clears throat> my retort is, it's college football. It's not brokering Middle East peace or splitting the atom or uh, it, it, figuring a way to get rid of the Kardashians. It's none of that. It's not that difficult. They, my comeback to that, they make it difficult. It's college football. Case in point, 
The Atlantic Coast Conference also has a relatively new commissioner. Uh, James Phillips is the new commissioner, been on the job about a year, about, about six months probably. I think he, he got announced in December. Well, he comes out yesterday at a press conference just catching, catching up with reporters and the like. And this is the, new, this is the new commissioner of the Atlantic Coast Conference, one of the Power Five conferences. And he was asked about um, college football playoff expansion. And he said, well, and I'm paraphrasing, but the two words he used, thorough assessment. He said he doesn't want to make a comment. He said we would need a thorough assessment before we talked about expanding the college football playoff from four to whatever. Would the college football playoff committee, which 10 days ago came out and used the word transparency, they came out the college football playoff committee now, they said, um, by the way, we've just wrapped up 27 months of discussing possible college football playoff expansion, including 63 possibilities. Isn't that the thorough assessment? What The last 27 months? Number one, it's college football. You don't need 27 months. We're not splitting the atom. And we certainly, guys, we certainly did not need on the agenda 63 options. It's at four now. We want to expand. Six, eight, 10, 12, 16. Okay. 63 options. My God, you make it too hard. Evan, let me get out of here before I have a heart attack. 27 months discussing 63 options. James Phillips, new commissioner, Atlantic Coast Conference. That is your thorough assessment. It's done. What else can you do? It's college football. Oh, that'll do it. That'll do it. Okay, if you missed any of the show, it was actually quality earlier. We had Coach Steve Spurrier on the first half. Uh, if you missed it, you can certainly pull it up on any of the Facebook uh, archives. It is archived. Um, again, how to consume the show. We are now podcasting on all the leading podcast platforms. If you haven't heard, we're very excited. About two weeks ago, we came into a partnership, our show, College Sports Today, uh, and 1010XL, the massive sports stations uh, out of uh, North Florida, Jacksonville area. Uh, so our show is always podcasted on all of their uh, platforms, about 15, all the leading ones, iHeart and and Evan, help, help me with them, Spotify and Apple and this one and that one, Google this. and So you can hear it on all those platforms now, um, all the leading podcast platforms, and you can always watch it live. Our show is live Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. on our Facebook Live page, College Sports Today, on the 1010XL Facebook page. Um, you can also catch it on our YouTube channel. Please, 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 it's very important that you subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you're a loyal viewer, a loyal listener, we need you to help us out. That will help the show immensely. Go to YouTube uh, and uh, bang in College Sports Day and subscribe. Just that easy. I'm going to wrap it up. We're going to let Evan get out of here. Another great job. We want to thank Coach Spurrier as well for always livening up the show. Coach Spurrier and Shane Matthews back here on a Monday as we'll do it again, the Monday edition of uh, College Sports Day. I'm getting out of here, heading over to Spurrier's Gridiron Grill. Have a great weekend. We'll talk on Monday, the next edition of College Sports Today.